Hi, I'm Ashley Chandler, adolescent and parent educator, and I'm on a mission to help middle schoolers and parents carve a more seamless path through these often turbulent years. If you're ready to elevate adolescence, listen in now. Hello and happy Thanksgiving week. Now, it's a challenge for me to believe that Thanksgiving is actually here and Christmas and all the holidays are around the corner. My gosh, and what a year for all of us, a roller coaster of a year. Two, really. I don't need to tell you, I know that. <laughs> At a time in our lives when the holidays can bring up so many mixed emotions and oftentimes increased anxiety, I'm raising my hand over here, especially also for your early adolescent, I wanted to offer you a simple reminder of the heart and the soul of this season. It's about love, plain and simple. Love, acceptance, and gratitude for who and what you have. But when occasional anxiety is high with the end of the semester or presents to buy that keep up with the Joneses or with Uncle Tom talking politics around the table, you may want to skip the love and acceptance part and get straight to dessert and goodbye. Since you're inundated with gratitude speak this week, I want to keep this simple and actionable for you. First, I'll share the science of how gratitude affects the very real anxiety you and your early adolescent might be feeling. And second, I'll share simple ways you can cultivate more of it in your life. So first, the science behind gratitude and what it does to you and your adolescent's brain and body. It has long been found that gratitude has the potential to benefit areas of your life, such as deeper sleep, better relationships, romantic or otherwise, happiness, motivation, and your physical health. But the full picture of what gratitude looks like inside the brain and the body is still kind of being pieced together. Luckily, there are some really, really promising and positive studies that have come out in the last five to 10 years. So in 2017, the head of program design, strategy, and outreach at USC's Performance Science Institute, his name is Glenn Fox, he and his research team used fMRI technology to study participants' brains after they asked them to visualize scenarios where they would feel grateful. And sure enough, when feeling grateful, participants had increased activity in the medial prefrontal cortex. Now for a neuroscience loving person like me, I know what that means. But to you in non-science speak, here is what that means if you are not a scientist. So Let's say that you want to put in a solid, sturdy, highly capable and friendly, eco-friendly engine. I'm just thinking of like, what would be like the dream engine for a car? And you want to do what you can at the same time to help your kid build the best brain that they can right now. Now, I know that car analogy might be a little random, but... But still, it matters. What, what can you do to help your kid strengthen their brain? Your early adolescent's brain is under construction and you wanna guide them towards ways of thinking and experiencing the world so they build positive neural connections in there that will not only last, 
but that will enable them to lead a high quality life. Well, the more experience and connections in this prefrontal cortex, it's in the very front part of the brain, right where your forehead is. So the more that they have these positive experiences and the more neural connections they are making in that area of the brain, the more capable they become of expressing empathy, moral reasoning, social cognition, emotional regulation, and ding, 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 the subject here, anxiety and stress relief. So expressing or receiving gratitude not only strengthens that prefrontal cortex, it also triggers the brain to release dopamine and serotonin, the two crucial neurotransmitters responsible for our good and positive emotions. A quick note, your body makes these neurotransmitters, they're also hormones, and your nervous system uses them to send messages between nerve cells. So they are quite literally chemical messengers that enhance our mood immediately. It's pretty profound scientific proof in the practice of gratitude. There's no denying it. It affects you and your middle schoolers entire life experience and it has lasting impact. The Raising Grateful Children Project at UNC Chapel Hill found four components to how people experience gratitude. So number one, what you notice, you experience it. How often are your thoughts about something positive, paying attention to your thinking? What do you tend to notice in your environment? Does it usually sound like a complaint or an observation? The second thing is how you feel. So what emotions are most present for you on a daily basis? How do your emotions affect the way you show up for your kid or how they show up in the world, how they show up with you? How do you feel when you are grateful? You're starting to pay attention to that. It also is how you think. What thoughts do you have around gratitude? Is it something you consciously think about or is it something you feel like is a little forced right now? And the lastly, it is what you do. So what do you do that expresses gratitude in nonverbal ways, in the things that you say? How can your behavior change based on the gratitude that you feel? So these four components to how people experience gratitude are really, really critical to think about as you begin to want to boost your own gratitude practice. So how do you practice all of this in a way that doesn't feel cheesy or one-off around the Thanksgiving table once a year? How do you weave it into your day-to-day? When you guide your middle schooler to examine how they feel and what they think about gratitude, they are more able to experience gratitude in specific and impactful ways. Also connecting gratitude to thoughts and feelings is more likely to help create a habit out of the practice. As you well know, emotions run high during this stage of development, understatement of the century. So connecting things to emotional experiences in a positive way they solidify the learning. They solidify the emotional experience. What I mean by that is I, you could say something like, I'm grateful to feel so excited right now, or I'm just grateful to feel happy or content. You just name it, name the emotion 
when it's positive, and how you're grateful for it. So here are some ideas to guide your middle schooler towards feeling and thinking about gratitude. First, ask questions. The timing of this varies when they might be best to receive it, but from my experience, it's before bed or maybe at dinner or in the car when not forced. And again, it's woven into conversation. So examples might be, what's something that made you laugh today? If it made them laugh, they're probably grateful for that, right? What do you notice around you? What's something that makes you happy that you can see, hear, touch right now? What do you have in your life right now that you're grateful for? Is it something you're born with or given? And if it's given, who gave it to you? And how important is that person in your life? Now, again, you're not going to repeat all of that like a robot. But again, you could say like, who's someone in your life that you're grateful for right now? Or what's most important to you right now? And then that can lead into a conversation about how they're grateful for it. The second thing is to model the behavior. Again, you are their first and best teacher. Express your own gratitude. I'm so grateful for the sun, clean laundry, to be able to sleep in, no traffic this morning. All things I've said in the last week, mind you. Show them what you do when you're grateful. You reciprocate the action or the thing that made you feel that way. And you can say thank you or give someone a hug or you write in a journal and you tell them about it. Keep it simple. Do something that works for you in terms of modeling the behavior. Another idea is to tell them what you're thinking when you receive a gift. That is so nice that grandma did that for me. I'm going to call her right now or engage in things in your own community that give back, even in small ways, like around the Thanksgiving, around this particular time, I think is a really powerful way to show up for other people and give back because then it also helps you remember all the things that you're grateful for, like buying someone a Thanksgiving meal um, at the grocery store or doing something to pay it forward in some way. Lastly, Maybe you want to feel inspired and you want to feel it on a regular basis and you do really well with different kinds of cues so you can create a ritual. So maybe it's whenever you are in transport to change environments, like you're going from school to home, or maybe you're running to the store or them to soccer practice and every soccer practice on the way, you just develop a practice of saying something you're grateful for. Now, again, you don't want this to feel robotic and creating a ritual might be easier said than done, but you never know. If you notice one thing that makes you grateful and you repeat it, it could be even a feeling that's present for you in the moment. Like, I just love being able to pick you up from school. You know, I work really hard and I I love seeing you at the end of the day or whatever. It really makes a big impact and it's creating a, a habit and that that practice really is almost something that you end up looking forward to in a way. Or maybe it's before bed. Share something that made you grateful that day. Or again, you can do this with your family at the dinner table. Now, if you're feeling like super motivated or, you know, you just want to kind of do a fun experiment right now, especially during these times when life has felt really stressful the last few years, get a jar out and instead of putting a 
quarter in there for every time you use a uh, curse word, maybe you do that too, create a jar or bowl that you add what you're grateful for throughout the week. And you can write notes um, and put them in there and then read them out loud at the end of the week. Like if you're having dinner together or before a movie or just kind of randomly. So again, get curious, ask questions that spark gratitude, the gratitude conversation, and then model your own gratitude practice. And, and again, if you're feeling motivated, create a ritual through practice. The important thing is that it feels authentic to you. It's not something that's forced, but those are just some ideas. Now, if a moment of anxiety strikes and you, within you or your kiddo, um, and it's occasional anxiety, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say, don't immediately go to gratitude. This may sound counterintuitive to what I'm saying, but first clear your mind, notice the racing thoughts, practice simply breathing, and then boom, bam, then notice something you're grateful for. I'm grateful to be breathing. I'm grateful for mashed potatoes. I'm grateful no is a complete sentence and keep it really, really simple. The reason for this is that you're more likely to receive it. You, when you are calm first, that going back to the science, that part of your brain, that prefrontal cortex can then be in its most receptive state and you are more likely to internalize the grateful feeling versus feeling like you're in fight or flight mode. So model this to your middle schooler. If they feel anxious, just get calm first and then practice noticing something in that moment that you're grateful for. Hearts racing. Uncle Tom wants to talk about politics and you can feel like you just want to run away and you get yourself calm. I'm grateful for mashed potatoes. I'm grateful I don't have to actually engage in this conversation. No is a complete sentence. And that's that. So I love this quote by Robert Brault. And I have something similar in my extremely dated kitchen I can't wait to move out of. And it's this. Enjoy the little things. For one day, you may look back and realize they were the big things. I am not kidding that this similar quote on my wall in my kitchen has made a huge difference in the way I experience cooking in my kitchen. The aesthetic I absolutely cannot stand. Instead of cursing everything I hate about it, in the last six months, I've challenged myself to be grateful for the food I get to make inside of it for the people I love the most. And as cheesy as that may sound, I'll take the cheese if it's going to make a tangible difference in my life. It's not false positivity masking depression. Remember, the more you appreciate, the more life appreciates. The more gratitude you practice, the more likely your early adolescent will experience the benefits and develop their own gratitude practice. And the more you both experience this practice, the less 
the less likely holiday anxiety will take hold. Even if and when it does creep in, it won't stand a chance of lasting until dessert. Thank you so much for listening to the Elevated Adolescence podcast. If you liked this episode, please subscribe and share so more people like you can be elevated through these middle school years. It truly takes a village. Until next time, be well. Thank you.